Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. We're not experts, but my name is Garb and today we're here with Kate. Kate, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kate. I really love to talk about climate change and how we can stop it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Climate change uh, is very interconnected with global warming, which is basically associated with the ongoing rise of the average temperature of the Earth and has been demonstrated by direct temperature measurements and by measurements of various effects of climate change. So today we will be discussing some of that. Kate, did you have anything you wanted to start off with? Um, Yeah, so recently, actually, before this uh, podcast was recorded, uh, May 15th, Endangered Species Day, um, very important, but it's also important that we take time to recognize that this isn't just like a one-day kind of deal, you know, this is just an emphasis on the fact that endangered species need our help, and that it's supposed to be a 24-7-365 kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, So some endangered species that I have examples of here are things like the giant panda, the tiger, the whooping crane, the blue whale, the Asian elephant, the sea otter, the snow leopard, and the gorilla. So some of these animals that we might think of as, you know, commonplace in their habitats or commonplace in zoos are actually um, really close to being extinct, which is the definition of endangered. Um, So it's up to us to do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen. Yes, and, um, you know, especially with coronavirus and all this quarantine craziness kind of happening, it's very important to note that wildlife like consumption and wildlife trade is a big part of why those animals might be endangered, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's important to recognize that we need to stop this uh, because it doesn't just harm those animals and destroy nature, it stops, pan- it like creates pandemics. Right. So uh, some things that we should, that you can do to protect uh, endangered species is make sure to educate uh, your friends and family about like endangered species, either in your area or across the world. Um, another big thing that you might not think of immediately is that you should recycle. So one reason that a lot of species are being endangered is because their habitats are being cut down. Um, for example, deforestation um, to put in new cities and things like that. So recycling can actually help prevent a lot of things from going to the landfill, which is um, a big land use project because it's basically just kind of pits of trash uh, in place of where habitats might be for these animals and things like that. Yes, definitely. Recycling is one of the major ways to help wildlife and ecosystems all around the world. Um, You may not think that like that small plastic bottle that you just used is going to like choke a sea turtle, um, but it very much could. So that's like a very big point we need to stress here is that recycling and is like one of the best ways to take care of wildlife. So another th- big thing to mention, uh, like you said, a lot of this trash can end up in the sea. And because of this, sea animals that um, sea animals can actually choke on this trash. So actually trash has uh, become so much in volume that they're forming what they call trash islands, um, which are just big old, uh, I guess like, you could think of them as icebergs, but made out of trash. Um, and it's it's a really disheartening thing to see because you can see that, like, we're the ones that are responsible for this, you know? Um, it's, it's very sad. 
plastic products in general can be very dangerous for wild animals because they can get entangled in them. Like uh, the things that hold soda bottles together, those can actually choke sea animals or land animals if they think it's some kind of a jellyfish, especially in the sea, or uh, something to eat on land. Uh, and they they can also kill off like uh, microorganisms in the sea, like plankton. And if you know anything about food webs, you know that these microorganisms are basically what hold up the entire food chain um, because animals eat these microorganisms and then other animals eat those animals. So without microorganisms, um, the floor would kind of drop out under us. Yeah, very, very quick biology lesson um, there. But yeah, it's it's super important that we take care of these like very big problems that are not just like guilt wise it's also physical when we see our like our actual damage out in the wild with these trash islands and it it makes me feel awful whenever I see a photo or news that there's like more forming and it just these animals they didn't ask for this they had no part in like creating this problem it was us it was humanity who decided to destroy their habitats and take their homes and kill them whether it be indirectly or not it's still very sad and we need to stop it so another reason a lot of animals are having to move out of areas where they would normally live is because of climate change so um climate change the definition of climate change um right now specifically is the earth the change in the earth's average climate so according to the bbc the earth's average temperature has risen uh 0.74 degrees celsius in the last um 100 years which is around two degrees fahrenheit which might seem insignificant i want to say it's two degrees fahrenheit um it might seem insignificant but it's actually a pretty big deal when you think about the the delicate equilibrium that the earth is in uh, with its polar ice caps and different areas in the ocean that are warmer and cooler. So different animals must live in different temperature ranges, and the the warming of the Earth has kind of upset that balance. Um, another thing that's happening is sea levels are starting to rise, so animals that might ordinarily live on land are forced to move or migrate inland, and a lot of them are dying in this process. Yes, um, so. Um... That's a lot of like how you see like bears roaming through trash in the mm-hmm. na- in like the suburbs. Um, it's very much they've lost their habitat. They don't have anywhere to go, you know. Um, and also, big problem with the sea, uh, bleaching of the coral reefs. Uh, the ocean is becoming more acidic because of the rise in global temperatures, and we're seeing these coral reefs die, which also host a variety of uh, wildlife and fish and it's very sad to see them go because something so beautiful is indirect like dying because we humans are the ones who caused that yeah for sure another thing that i would just like to say um for me personally is um climate change is confirmed like climate change is not a fake thing no matter how much someone might deny it it's a very real thing there's adequate data to back it up um if you want, if you just look it up on the internet, the BBC has a great website devoted to it. NASA um, has a lot of information on climate change, um, but I would encourage you to look up ways to, that, things that you can do to reduce climate change and charities that you can donate to. 
Um, and I think you had some of those, Kate. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I have a list. I have three charities to donate to. And at the end of the podcast, I will mention uh, something that helps the World Wildlife Foundation. Um, but first, I have three charities. Um, one includes Panthera Cats, P-A-N-T-H-E-R-A Cats. Um, they help wildcats uh, and ensure their future in a world where their ecosystem is dying and people are poaching them. And overall, it's not good. So they help cats like le- leopards, um, like snow leopards, lions, tigers, pumas, you name it. They, they help those big cats. Another charity to consider donating to, um, the Nature Conservancy. Uh, they especially help in pollution and deforestation and trying to get rid of those things and restoring ecosystems to their natural ways. Um, just like they should have been. Um, and then the last one I'd like to say is the Coalition for the Rainforest. Um, if you just search them up, it's incredible. It's a bunch of these scientists trying to save the earth and get rid of deforestation and pollution, like I said. Um, there's a lot of these charities out here that are trying to help our earth, and it's just important just, like, throw five bucks in there. Just really quick. It's it's very easy to help, and every dollar counts towards saving the planet. Right. Um, another one that I was just recently made aware of by a friend is Ecosia, E-C-O-S-I-A dot com. Um, I believe it's a search engine, and every time you search something, they will um, plant a tree or two. Oh, yeah, um, I've heard and of that. that. Yeah. That can be really helpful. So, um, Basically, according to NASA, in the absence of major action to reduce these emissions, uh, global temperature is on track to rise by an average of 11 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and just for some context, the reason we're facing climate change right now is because of the emission of greenhouse gases. So greenhouse gases include like methane, uh, carbon dioxide, um, coal smoke is a big contributor to it because it has a variety of greenhouse gases in it and toxic gases. So basically what these gases do is they trap sunlight in the Earth's atmosphere and generally make the Earth's climate hotter where ordinarily um, that would not happen. Um, A lot of the energy from the sun would not be trapped in the atmosphere and would just kind of leave and dissipate in space. Um, So that is the main reason we are facing climate change right now. Yes, and another big factor that I don't think a lot of people think of... um when they think of like vegans and stuff, uh, why they're doing what they do for the environment is because factory farming in the U.S. is a huge problem. Uh, We use tons of gallons of water on the cows and the cows produce so much methane um, that it's it's destroying other animals on the earth. Yeah, I believe one of the most recent metrics I've seen, it's kind of a silly metric, but Basically, one kilogram of beef takes like 217 bathtubs of water to make on average. It's cr- so, it's crazy. Yeah, I personally am a vegetarian, um, and you don't have to go full vegetarian or vegan um, if you could just like cutting out any meat from your diet or cutting out anything that is not great for the environment is always helpful. Um, and I think that's something that people need to realize, right? Yeah, like you don't, for sure. You don't have to go all in on preventing climate change. Um, if you just do small things here or there, if everyone decides to, 
then that can really help out. Yeah, of course. Like I don't meet I don't eat meat every single day. Just cutting it down to like like twice a week maybe. Just start real slow and it, you don't even have to cut it out like entirely. It, like Garf said, like you just it anything helps at this point. Don't ever consider like what what you're doing as like not helping if you're if you have that mindset of helping the environment, like cutting down your meat uh, consumption. Right. Um, another thing that I want to say is that climate change, if we stop, um, if we start doing things to help prevent it, it won't stop immediately because the environment takes a long time to respond. So it's likely that we won't see results in our lifetime um, of climate change efforts unless they're, they're really huge efforts by um, either large corporations or um, coalitions of countries, which is already starting to happen. Um, but I think one thing that you have to remember is that you're not doing this for yourself. You're doing it for the future, you know? Yeah, um, a great coalition of countries. Uh, actually, I think one of the first actual working ones is the Paris Agreement. Um, yep. Trump actually recently backed out of this. Uh, it's on track to, the United States is on track to leave um, around November I think, and um, that's very bad because the United States is one of the biggest contributors to uh, carbon emissions, second most to China, and China has like billions of people. So, right, and then also China, China's manufacturing goods to send to the U.S. anyway. So indirectly, the U.S. is responsible for a lot of those um, carbon emissions as well. You know. Yeah, and I think backing out of the Paris Agreement is a huge mistake. Like. I remember a lot of scientists like basically face palming saying like you shouldn't have backed out of the Paris agreement cuz it, it it may not be a lot to think about but like we need everything that we can get at this point you know uh we're on the right. fast track to like causing early extinction not just for the animals around us but for us yeah for ourselves yeah and a lot of people might say well this was going to happen anyways i mean Look what happened to the dinosaurs. But the thing is, it's happening at an exponential rate because of what we're doing with these factories and pollution and deforestation and taking away these habitats. Uh, you're not just killing off animals, too, like endangered animals. It's also plants, like corals and stuff, that actually help the ocean, um, which we need. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything that we can get to help reduce our damage on the planet is going to help us in the long run and mm. I, I think a lot of uh, people don't recognize they want to see the instant changes they want to see the climate get better in their lifetime you know and if it doesn't then oh well it's like why should we even problem. help anyways you know but that's yeah like ensure a better future for everybody else like be a team player at this point you know yeah. agreed um on a more positive note uh the coronavirus well, it has not been slowing down climate change, um, but we are seeing a lot of species that might not uh, be around, like heavily populated areas, um, start to come back to their natural habitats. So, like, um, one thing that a lot of people have been talking about is dolphins returning to the coast of Italy, you know, and uh, I think that kind of story is very encouraging and shows that even though climate change might not be um, a very instant thing. We will see some effects if we start to put in some of these um, some of these practices that could help out in uh, mitigating endangerment of species and mitigating climate change. Yes, of course. I, I think it's very 
it's a very nice thing to see animals returning to their natural habitat because human endangerment has like gotten low at this point but the thing is they're still like poaching around the world but I mean it's very again it's very nice to see uh those dolphins return and yeah it's like just a dose of what could happen in the future of just tons of animals like coming back you know retreating to their natural habitat and enjoying life like they should (laughs) living like they should I think that's that's just like a very subtle way to remind us that you know there is a good cause to all of this um right yeah and it's not that hard either no there are very few things you can do to help Uh, i'm sorry there are very like thing there's a lot of things you can do to help the earth that doesn't take that much time sorry (laughs) no you're good you're good um another thing that uh would be a really good thing to do in upcoming years is uh, the implementation of renewable energy so I actually, I didn't write a paper on it. I wrote, um, I'm in the process of writing an op-ed on it, but I think that the transition to renewable energy uh, is one that we should see in the in the coming years. The thing is, the the main resistance we've seen to renewable energy is from the government. So the government is kind of being coerced by these big fossil fuel companies um, and being coerced by fossil fuel lobbyists to continue sponsoring fossil fuel energy more than um, solar energy um, because it'll quote unquote create jobs um, in like coal mines and stuff. Yeah. But I think that if anything, renewable energy would create, uh, maybe it wouldn't create as many jobs, but it would definitely be better for the worldwide economy because renewable energy is you pay an initial cost and the rest is maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. The the entire world could literally just take a piece of unowned land in like the Sahara Desert, right? And if we could harness the solar energy from like maybe a, like a I forget how big it was, but it was like a very small plot of land could power the entire world. Yeah, like the power the power generated from renewable energy is far greater than that. Pro- produced by fossil fuels and it would be far cheaper in the long run for sure and be far better for the environment um yeah (laughs) in that case of course but um yeah there's a lot of resources around us that i think we don't use because we're so used to seeing like oil and these fossil fuels being used and we've let them get so big that the thing is they don't want to stop because it's money right what's an economy going to be used to you if um like 50 years from now there's not going to be any oil left and while well, there's going to be like a rise in ocean levels and we're going to be dying basically yeah another argument that i hear a lot of times is like the earth is just going through its natural cycle oh which, yeah first of all that's that's totally false the thing is like the earth might cycle through stages but right now is not when we are on track for the next quote-unquote ice age. And also the Earth never gets, like, um, since since the dawn of time, not the dawn of time, since the creation of the Earth, right? Yeah. You had a really hot Earth initially, but then it cooled down, and it never got that hot, like, since then, you mm-hmm. know? Like, the only times we've seen, like, very large hot spikes is during mass extinctions. And even if the Earth is going through its, like, natural cycles... Like, do we want to let the Earth go through its natural cycles and go extinct as a consequence? Yeah, it's, we're, 
basically acting as a catalyst for her, um, <clears throat> for, like, all the things, all, all of Earth's cycles were basically speeding up towards, um, so it's very important to notice that we can change that, um, we can make sure that Earth's cycles, um, don't knock us out earlier than scheduled, um. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, in, in addition to, like, making it quicker, right, making the change quicker, it's also making the change much more drastic. Like, we ordinarily would not see an 11 degrees Fahrenheit rise in temperature. No. Um, at all, you know? Yeah, and I, I have this great website, um, co2.earth. Um, it's, it shows you a lot of, like, the, they have this great segment where it's called Are We Stabilizing Yet? shows you, like, if it's the hottest month since, like, certain years, and then it just shows you, like, the increase of temperature and how hot, like, it's getting. As soon as, like, the Industrial Revolution started and we started tracking climate change, it's showing you, like, the hottest months since, like, 1880 or, you know, 1911. It's it's very, um, it's very useful if you want to see the change that climate change is bringing you know um to the mm -hmm. carbon emissions and it's it's definitely important to educate yourselves on those things you know yeah this um, is a very very good website to educate yourself on that because they also have like different things where you can learn about climate change all right so um i would just like to talk about some ways that you can help reduce climate change right so according to kimberly nicholas associate professor of sustainability science at the lund university center for sustainability studies in Sweden, the number one goal of humanity that they have to do in the coming years is to reduce oil, carbon, natural gas um, burning emissions, so like carbon dioxide emissions, in half um, by the end of the next decade at least. So basically, you can do that by by participating in like daily decisions. So like driving driving and flying less, um, switching to like a green energy provider changing what you eat, changing what you buy, um, making sure you do research into the companies that you buy things from. And it's true that those things alone won't solve climate change, but if everyone decides to do them together, they're very important and they can influence others to make changes too. Yeah. Uh, and other changes are needed that can be only be made if everyone starts to do these things, like revamping subsidies, subsidy systems for the energy and food industries, um, and kind of uh, rewarding renewable energy uh, legislation that can be made, you know? It, again, it's a team effort. Uh, we have to kind of work together, you know, um, to make sure that, you know, that we ensure a better future for the generations to come. Yeah, it's very important that we try to restore the planet. Uh, another big thing to... Uh, that I, it's very little, you know, but it, it goes a long way, is um, plastic bag usage. My dad recently has, uh, he started using um, the totes that they offer, um, and though he complained about it a little bit because they make you bag your own things uh, while you do that, if you choose that option, it still goes a long way. And I think one of the major things that we should probably do is uh encourage the use of tote bags and actually help people bag <laughs> their items if they have them for sure for sure 
Uh, and I think one one thing that we have to realize is that global warming is going to affect us, right? Yeah. Like, uh, specifically our generations, global warming is going to affect us, whether we do things about it or not. It's really the future generations that we're worried about and the future of humanity as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, the, well, the pandemic is obviously, like, affecting climate change because people are driving less and things like that. But uh, you got to remember that it's it's not... It's not going to stop climate change, you know? No. But uh, it is an example of what we should start doing. Yeah. Uh, I think you don't have to stay at your home to reduce carbon emissions, you know? Switching over to, like, a hybrid vehicle or electric vehicle like the Nissan Leaf. I love the Nissan Leaf. They recently came out with a new model. It's less expensive than a Tesla. I promise you that. And more and more car companies are or car manufacturers are coming out with um green models and hybrids and more electric focus um which is overall better for the environment of course uh reduces those carbon emissions uh i've seen a lot of teslas out on the street uh i would kind of like that because they're a cool looking car um and you know they they help reduce carbon emissions so uh one thing that i always like to do when i get a new host on is uh, ask how the coronavirus is affecting you personally. Because we know that the coronavirus is affecting everything from climate change to pop culture. Um, But I would like to know how your life has been ever since the coronavirus started. My life uh, has been very quiet, but I start to realize that my parents, uh, with the remote school and the remote work, uh, they've been more stressed lately. pains me to see it, but I... You know, I, and then I see these protests. Oh, God, the protests, I, it makes me sick, you know? Like, when people carry guns into the Michigan state capitol uh, just to protest that we should be back at work. And um, I think that's very, very sad. Like, very sad yeah. thing to see because people are trying to go back in an unsafe environment just because they need money and that's not like that's just failure of the government right there um like not providing and i feel very sad when i see that and i also get angry at those people i heard um an analogy recently where it's like staying at home is like just think of this there's these firefighters scientists staying at home Like, that's the remedy to get rid of house fires or whatever. Uh, There's a forest fire raging or whatever, and that's the coronavirus. And um, basically, there's people refusing to put that object, the one that can get rid of the fires, they're refusing to put that on their homes. And therefore, the the fire, like, burns up their home, and then you're affected by it too because it's going to, you know, fire spread. So it's going to burn up your house too, even though you might not want it. One thing that... I, I love to emphasize, and I know I've said this a lot, but you have to think about these these people are protesting for freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to think about what your ideal of freedom is. Like, do you value right. other people people having their freedom to live underneath you having your freedom to go outside and quote unquote live your life? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's the thing is by. By trying to say, like, oh, we want freedom, we need to exercise our freedoms, and this is, like, anti-freedom. Well, you, by protesting and going out, are encroaching on the freedom of others to live, which is outlined in the Declaration of Independence as one of the unalienable rights, as 
probably the most important right someone can have. You know? Yeah, it's a it's a very big me versus we uh, mentality. I'd say um, what's good for you is not always best for the other people in this country. Um, and you might think it's good for you, but it's really not. You might think that it's good for you uh, to get out of the house and start working again, but in the long run, it's not, and it's going to affect the people closest to you. It's going to affect the people who don't even know you. You know, it's going to affect the entire country, basically. And let's say we see a new wave of the coronavirus. Like, what's that going to do? It's going to tank the economy more, and then we're going to be forced to go inside again, you know? Yeah. So if we can just follow through with this quarantine, we'd be in a much better situation, both economically and socially, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, for sure. And I would love to do a future episode on, like, um, kind of the nature of these protests and all. Oh, yeah. Um, It's very interesting uh, to see, because it's... I mean, it's sad. It makes me angry at these people but i know they're frustrated you know but i just feel like that they think that going back to work early is gonna somehow fix the coronavirus which is it's not it's gonna make it worse right uh so to take it back to climate change a little bit um some more things you can do as far as like daily action goes is uh, like you said choose more efficient vehicles hybrids Hybrids are really cool because they use a combination of gas power and electric power. So if you're on the fence about an electric car because it doesn't have the right gas mileage or you're afraid about being stranded on the road without like a charger nearby, um, hybrids are kind of a way to fix that because you do get really good gas mileage and uh, or you get really good uh, mileage and then you also get um, you get a little bit of more environmental friendliness. And I will say that just a perk of having an electric car. I know a lot of people uh, may not be able to, uh, you know, immediately make the switch, but I think of just mentioning a perk that's really cool is uh, more charging stations are popping up. Um, and the thing is, most of them are at the front of the stores or places you're trying to go. And I think that's really cool because if you have an electric car, it's just, you go straight in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think the moral of today is... Um, you can do a lot to fight climate change, and you should do what you can to fight climate change. Um, and Kate, you actually had an event that uh, you were plan that um, I guess a charity was planning to help fight climate change, right? Yeah. So one of the biggest charities that helps prevent climate change and endangered species, uh, bringing them back, um, is World Wildlife Foundation. Um, they are actually hosting, uh, hosting, sorry, a virtual 5K uh, for nature. Um, and the best, you may not think, like, it's a very, con- like, I don't know, it, it sounds weird, I'll give it that, it, like, virtual 5K, like, usually you go and you meet up with people for a 5K, um, but the thing is, it's actually great, because you can do it wherever you want, and you don't have to s- stay around in this big group of people, um, obviously, because coronavirus, um, and you can take in the nature around you in a personal way you know um like just like a hike or anything like take a hike um walk around your neighborhood a couple of times it's and just like realize what nature like how beautiful nature can be and it's still supporting a great cause you can um fundraise within the uh the run um it's it's available between june 1st and june 7th um you can sign up for as many days as you like. Um, 
registration and information about the 5K will be in the podcast description. If uh, We'll also put it in the Instagram description at not underscore experts underscore podcast. Yeah, and it's just, it's a very simple, like, very cheap way to take care of the environment and get out there and enjoy nature and just connect with nature in a, in a better way, you know? I think mm-hmm. it's very, it's a very clever idea from World Wildlife Foundation, and I I think I might be participating in it because I really enjoy um, the small things, you know, that you can do. It's not just great for the for the environment but it's great for your body you know get like active and all this and you don't even have to be with a bunch of people you know you can do it by yourself and go on like a beautiful hike somewhere or like I said um, stroll around your neighborhood it's just it's very simple very easy um, very fun way to do things in my opinion right so um, like I said I will be doing it too um, and like I said I'll link it in the Instagram um, and I'll probably, I'll link it in the YouTube description if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, we're also on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Play Podcasts, um, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there, so you can listen to some of the prior episodes, uh, and I think we can wrap it up. This was We're Not Experts But, Episode 3, Climate Change. This was produced by me, my name is Garb. Um, special thanks to Kate for joining me today, and special thanks to Claire for helping me come up with the idea, uh, and we'll see you next time. 